want to thank JTL Construction, run by three former wrestlers, Jeff Leonard, Jason Effner, my co-founder of Wrestlers and Business Network, and Mike McLaughlin. Started in 2004, they the total project excellence from concept to completion. They're general contractors, construction management, development, third-party project management, and these guys former wrestlers, former coaches, actually, I, th I think Jeff still coaches, wonderful guys and supporters of the uh, St. Ed's program and the great Greg Urbis. We want to thank JTL Construction. Reach out to them at builtbyjtl.com. Again, Jason Effner, Mike McLaughlin, and Jeff Leonard. Thanks so much, JTL. Blood Time, the podcast that speaks to the bond, the emotion between coach and athlete at the interscholastic and intercollegiate level. Each interview, each segment will reveal that bond and what was learned, how they were transformed, and what each athlete took to the world at large from that transformation. These stories will warm your heart and astound you all together. Submitted for your approval, now it is blood time. Hey, this is Coach Cimarroni for Blood Time. I'm so happy to be here today. Last, I, I, I gotta thank my last two guests, Wrestling Royalty. I actually had a two-time and a one-time NCAA champion brothers, the Milkoviches, Pat and uh, Tom Milkovich, in studio uh, last week, as well as three-time, both three-time state champions at Ohio State, I mean, for uh, the, the state of Ohio, and also both Hall of Famers inducted into the Michigan State Hall of Fame. Amazing stories, fantastic philosophies, and uh, wrestling royalty from the Milkovich family. Thank you to Tom and Pat Milkovich. Today I have more wrestling royalty, but this wrestling royalty originated, uh, I believe, in Long Island, New York, and then matriculated at the Penn State University and represented us at uh, the Olympic Games twice. A two-time NCAA champion, a Dan Hodge winner, as well as uh, recently the head uh, wrestling coach at both Stanford and U University of Maryland, the Terrapins, Carrie McCoy, how are you, Carrie? I'm great, I'm great. Thanks for having me on. Oh, Carrie, I'm so blessed. Uh, you're my third two-time NCAA champion uh, on uh, on the podcast. We had Gabe Dean originally, and then Pat Milkovich, and now you, uh, champion in 90, what, 4 and 97, correct? Yep, yep. It was, uh, you could find some action on the History Channel if you look it up. I love it, I love it. Well, I know that you beat some wrestling royalty as well to, to make uh, the world teams. I think you beat uh, the amazing Stephen Neal. Am I correct? Yep, yep. We had some battles throughout our careers in uh, 2000 and 2001. World team spots that I won and he won in 99. So yep. we had some, uh, some epic battles. Well, he was an amazing guy. I, I have a good connection to Stephen Neal. His uh, agent, Neil Cornrich, who got him on the uh, New England Patriots, is a dear friend of mine and uh, a graduate we both graduated from our high schools uh, the same year and been friends ever since. And uh, he tells amazing stories about Stephen Neal as a football player. Crazy, crazy transition, right? Yeah, yeah. He, 
Right, not a down. Yep. Um, because he's so such a hard worker, so dedicated, and um, you know, you know he's going to succeed at a high level. Well, it, to to put a, a bow on that conversation, Belichick calls him his hardest working ever. Now, th- think about yeah. that. Think about that. That's so, you, so you yeah. beat you beat the hardest working New, New England Patriot ever and a super, two-time Super Bowl champion, my friend. So that's great stuff, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, no, Yeah, and you also beat Tully Thompson and uh, Stephen Mako too, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a pretty, pretty good list of people, and you know, I, I always credit all those guys because they made me better. I knew that. I mean, I go back to Tully. Right. And we wrestled through all the entire collegiate career, and then internationally, and Steve and I wrestled, and then Steve Mako was, was later on, and all these guys pushed me to get be better because I knew I had to be a, you know, my a game had to be on every time because I couldn't slack and. Well, I'll tell you what, Carrie. When I first watched you wrestle, I, I was uh, fortunate enough to see you, and I, I just saw a, a transformation of the heavyweight class. Uh, you were the first true, in my estimation, true athlete. I mean, I, I grew up with Chris Taylor. <laughs> you know, I, I was in that era when I, you know, when when everybody was three, four hundred pounds, and you looked like a hundred and you know, 157 pounder, 165 pounder out there wrestling yeah. like, you know what I mean? It was unbelievable. Yeah, well, I, I mean, I appreciate that. And I think, um, you know, there were a couple people before me that, that I think would definitely uh, you know, lay the foundation, Kurt Angle. Oh, yeah. Well, and those are, those are national champs in the, in the early 90s. Yep. And, um, you know, I, I, I competed against both of those guys internationally. And um, they, they definitely were. I mean, Kurt was, you know, I think the story was when he won his, his second title, he was, you know, just over 200 against Sylvester Turkey, who was like 6'6", 280. And um, I remember that match. I have it burned in my memory when, you know, he hit his duck under to get that takedown to win the title. Um, but, yeah, so they were, they were some guys out there before that I could look to to say, okay, yeah, big guys don't have to just stand around and push each other. You can actually move. Yeah, Kurt was an incredible athlete, and what an amazing uh, story, right, that uh, he, he transitioned into entertainment and did, did just as well in entertainment as he did – amateur wise which obviously is not real wrestling but it is it is it is an amazing thing when you think about it the what what that that uh entertainment area has created for our for our culture oh yeah yeah and i think the biggest thing for him i mean you know the the amount of wear and tear is on your body from amateur wrestling and then you add jumping off of six feet ring ropes and you know crashing into into chairs and, and things like that i mean his body was uh Yes, well, you know, and then also too locally we had uh, Tommy Rollins, who didn't do oh, too, yeah. too didn't do didn't do too bad either. And when I first saw him in high school, I said, "Oh my God, this is a heavyweight!" You know, he wrestled like a hundred three pounder. It was amazing. Yeah, dude, Tommy. Uh, you know, again, like you just listed, like, you know, I had an opportunity to get to know Tommy real well. We recruited him coming out of high school, and then you know, through the years, really get to know him and his family. And um, 
you know, one of his uh, close friends growing up was on the team at Penn State, Ross Thatcher, and sure. he ended up going back and coaching at Ohio State, and so I got to know Tommy real well, competed against him a little bit, a couple of couple of U.S. Open World Team Trials events, and um, and yeah, he was he was he was solid. He was one of those guys that you know really get the mobile, heavyweight, skill, high skill level, you know, but most important, just a great person, and um, and that goes on today with what he's doing in his professional life, and. Again, fortunate to have a relationship with uh, with guys like that that you know not only were great athletes but great people and you know make the sport and this world better. Yeah, that's what this is all about too. Blood time is about that transformative moment when the athlete and the coach bond, become family, and that that athlete evolves into something special and. So, I, I, you know, you are something special, Kerry. We are blessed to have you on. I mean, not only as a, as a high school and uh, collegiate athlete and then uh, international athlete, but also as a phenomenal coach. It's two amazing universities and now in your new, uh, your, your new adventure. But I want to talk about that blood time moment for you. I mean, you've been surrounded. I mean, literally, you were like the golden era of, of uh, you know, heavyweight wrestling in our country. But there had to be that special coach or coaches that really connect you really connected with that transformed Carrie McCoy into who Carrie McCoy is today and I was I just going to turn it over to you and and and, and share with us uh who that may or who that who those persons may have been yeah you know I appreciate that thanks for the question and and mm-hmm. um you know especially in the last few years as my faith got stronger I realized that you know all of this is it's all it's all part of God's plan for me and and sure. um, you know, he, he gifts me with certain talents and abilities and, and most importantly he put certain people in my life that made made a big difference and um so I give credit to God first because without sure. him none of it would be possible. Um I start off with my high school coach Mike Bacosi. Okay. Mike Bacosi an all American at, at Iowa State and he just he was the definition of, of a servant leader coach. I mean the things he would do for for our team, you know, whether it was taking us to competitions or you know, letting us Train in a certain way, and like one time I remember our senior year, we um, our senior year we had our senior trip and we had a match. The senior trip was like Friday, Saturday, Sunday. We had a match Friday night, so we weren't going to be able to go. And he said he made a deal with the seniors, and there's three of us at the time. He said, "Okay, we'll wrestle Friday night," and it was a ski trip about four or five hours away. Wow! And um, he's like, "You guys can't ski, but I'll drive you up." And um, he, you know, he drove us up to to the to the senior trip and dropped us off. You know, that type of commitment that he had. So he would do things like that. And that just showed one, you right. know, the athlete relationship, but really just that being able to have that servant heart. And, and that's something that really stuck with me throughout my entire career. Um, you know, next, my, my college coaches, John Fresno and Hashiro Ishii were the head coach and assistant coach. And they were just incredible because, again, building off that servant leadership type, just willing to do everything they could, but really connecting, you know, being able to serve, but then also having high standards and high expectations. And that's something that really made a difference in my in my career to this day and in my personal life as well. So those guys were, were huge factors. And all the assistant coaches that I had at, at Penn State through the years. And then the next guys at the international level. And I was, was blessed to have unbelievable coaches and mentors. And Bruce Burnett, who was uh, – he actually coached me on the cadet world team, the junior world team, and the Olympic team. He was a national team coach for a long time out in Colorado Springs. He was, uh, again, at all those levels. He was there. And then Kevin Jackson was the national team coach after Bruce stepped down and went into the collegiate ranks. And, um, you know, it was so, so key to have him and, you know, be an Olympic champion and all the things that he would bring to the table. And then Greg 
trouble with my, you know, he coached me at the New York Athletic Club, and he was my, my competitive coach at my corner at the World Championships at the Olympic Games. Um, but, you know, he was my boss when I worked at Lehigh, and, and he taught me, again, about the sport, about the, the business, about life in general. So um, it's just amazing. Those are some of the people, especially, you know, as, as we look back on it, all of them were very strong Christians, very faithful people, and that made a big difference, too, because the way they lived their life put a stamp on my heart. And um, so the wrestling was important, and, and the life lessons were important, but it's really just their their commitment to being servants you know, and, and under the umbrella of, of their worship and their faith really had the biggest impact on me. I love that, Gary, because that's, uh, you're talking about spiritual excellence and it just comes through in the servant uh, mentality. And I, I love that too, because we surely, uh, particularly, you know, I'm a high school wrestling co- head, head coach at Chagrin Falls High School. I surely don't do it for the money. So I do it for the love, you know, and for the spirit of it. But more importantly, you know, it it set it sets a tone and it sets a culture, and culture is so important in any organization that's successful. But it's also about not only the coaches, and we were blessed to have a three-time NCAA champion, a three-time world champion uh, on our seventh episode, Lee Kemp, and Lee talked oh, yeah. about yeah, oh, yeah, right, right, Lee Kemp, man. I mean, uh, here we go, right, and he talked about his drill partner in college, who was an average to above average wrestler. And Lee took, you know, beat him pretty much to death every day. But that kid came back, that guy came back every day and gave Lee everything he could. And he said he was as instrumental as anybody else in his development. And I was wondering, is there any of that special drill partner or special teammate that just really affected you as well? Right. A handful that um, they really failed. So my, my in high school, um, and, you know, everything for me obviously goes back to high school and, and the foundation that was set there. So one of my, my best workout partners was, uh, he was a guy older than me. His name was Nick Hall. He ended up sure. He was an old man. He was an All-American at Old Dominion. Okay. Um, he was a cadet world champion in freestyle back when we were in high school. But he was um, he was a guy that, you know, beat me from, uh, from here to there throughout my, my high school career. But he also helped me. He wasn't one of those guys that would just beat up on you and then just take off. He would he would teach and he would learn and he would help me to learn and help me to grow. And sure. throughout, I started wrestling in seventh grade, so he's a year older than me. And from start to finish, you know, he was always there as somebody that that I can lean on and learn from. And I give the the, the best credit to him. When I was a junior, he was a senior. I was ranked. I ended up being ranked second in the state, and the guy that was ranked first in the state was in our section. Right. And in New York, he only went only the second champs back then went to the state championship. So. I um you know I had to, to go to the states and and he took the time and he came and I and I hadn't done this before you know as far as scouting and game plan I just went out and wrestled. Okay. He took the time to, to come up with a you know specific game plan. We went and we scouted this guy. We watched him wrestle a couple matches and we go back and work on the thing that we had a set game plan. And I don't necessarily know you know how the game plan itself you know played out in the match. I ended up getting a reversal with like the man left in the third and rolled him out to win, beat him two one. Awesome. But the fact of Learning how to train for a specific opponent, learning how to train for a specific competition, you know, and putting that energy in, that focused energy is something that, that he taught me back then. And, and that was really significant because, you know, and, and my coaches had that same impact too. But really when it's a teammate, someone that's on the work that has that success, yep. um, he, he, he really 
really put a, a foundation for me. So he was one of the most influential partners that I've had. And then um, I had another high school teammate named John Lange, who was two years younger than me. And um, he and his brothers, they kind of, you know, when, when I started wrestling, they were the, the family that I was able to latch on to. And, and John was uh, my workout partner my senior year. And I wrestled 177. Okay. And John was, he, John was a 145 pounder. He was state champ at 145, out of state champ at 177. But that was my main workout partner. So I was, at any given day, I was 25, 30 pounds heavier than him. Right. He worked out just about every day in practice. And, you know, so having him, and he's two years younger than me, he's 30 pounds lighter than me, and he, he was there. And then he ended sure. up, you know, coming to college. He came to Penn State with, with, uh, after I did. So we were teammates in college and high school. And ironically enough, he lived in the East Bay. And um, so when I was out here the first time in the Bay Area. Yep. Yep. And then help me. And then when I got to that point where I was there, kind of actually beating to some of the younger guys, John was the one that was help push me. He'd have been three, three state titles. He was a Big Ten champ and All-American at Penn State. So those are two guys that really set the foundation earlier. Um, through college, I had some great partners. You know I mean? Just too many name all the guys at Penn State. Um, sure. Yeah, you were definitely beautiful with that slide by. There's no question about it. I mean, you you perfected that, and I want to I want to come back to that, but also too want to talk a little bit about your uh, next adventure uh, and your coaching career. But we're going to take a little bit of a break, Kerry, and we'll be back in about half a minute. want to thank Serve Pro of Beachwood, our newest sponsor, and Jack Coslin, the owner. They serve all of Northeast Ohio, not just Beachwood. They specialize in disaster cleanup that leaves your home or office like new, like it never happened. Flood and water damage, fire, mold, and they say even blood and guts. Not just any Serve Pro. Seek out Serve Pro of Beachwood. That's Serve Pro Beachwood, Shaker Heights, Cleveland Heights.com, 216 416- 464-4498. Operated by a former All-State wrestler from Beachwood, we love Serve Pro of Beachwood. Men, are you looking for that great suit or sports outfit made out of the finest fabrics and made-to-measure tailoring? J&A Custom Clothing Tailoring and Alteration will come to your home or office and give you that fashion statement that you will be known for. Call J&A Custom Clothing and the owner, Joseph Alberstadt, at 216-513-6165. That's J&A Custom Clothing. 216 513 6165. 
And we're back with two-time NCAA champion and Olympian, Kerry McCoy. Kerry, welcome back. Thank you, thank you. Have a good time. Yes, indeed. We're really here. I love the stories and the names and the, oh my God, what you are just surrounded by the most incredibly talented and quality uh, people in our sport. And that, uh, that then uh, helped you uh, become a coach. I mean, obviously you wrestled for, for our country uh, internationally. Uh, I believe you were a Pan-American champion. You were a, a, a world uh, silver medalist and then wrestled for us in the Olympics. After your, um, after your international career, uh, you went into coaching and became the head coach at Stanford and then at Maryland. Talk a little bit about how you were inspired to do that and then maybe some of the successes that you had there. Right. For me, during my competitive career, I was coaching. You know, I've been assistant coach and you know doing that stuff, and it was just giving me the opportunity to, to develop my skills while I was competing. So once I stopped competing, you know, I I, I wanted to take it to the next level. And and, and really, where where I, when I talk about the transition from athlete to coach, it was after my sophomore year. Um, you know, in college, I won I won the NCAA tournament, and you know, obviously, when you have a little bit of success, you get some interest in camps and clinics and to make you know do things and work and be counselors and things like that. And right. you know, I just I fell in love with just helping people and, and, and growing and teaching. You know, during that summer, I think that summer I, I probably did you know ten or fifteen camps you know across the country, and I just loved being able to teach and share and pour into to people. So that kind of sparked the the idea of being a coach, um, as I said, to, to compete and train at a high level, it's a natural transition to be in a coaching position to, sure. uh, you know, to be around it all the time. So right. that was a big part of it. And, um, and, and ultimately, when, when I think about it, I look back to, we talk about all the people that poured into me, my coaches, and, and the people that helped me in my career. And I was like, I want to be able to give back to the sport that's given me so much. Right. And so, you know, the kind of combination of the proximity of being around to try to train to compete and then, you know, getting to, to know the kids and the experience through camps and clinics and just want to give back was really the foundation. So after uh, my last year in 04, I stayed on uh, at Lehigh and I, and I talked to Greg Schroll, who was the head coach at the time. And, you know, he had known that I'd want to be a head coach. That was a goal that I, I wanted to have, you know, for a while. Right. And when, when I went to Lehigh, he knew that part of uh, my transition was just going to be to learn. So that, that year from 04 to 05, I really stepped it up and I just said, hey, I need to learn as much as I can in this year so I can be ready for when that, you know, when that opportunity comes. And um, he, he took me under his wing again in a different capacity than as a coach. You know, he was, he was as a mentor in fundraising and, and, and recruiting and just organizational structure and planning and and, you know, I, I, I got those lessons from all of my coaches on how to do things and how to do things at a high level. Sure. And so that, that last year was just, uh, you know, galvanized effort to really be ready because I, you know, I felt like I didn't know where the opportunity was going to come, but I wanted to make sure I was ready. And, you know, fortunately, through that year, um, obviously our Lehigh teams are doing real well. And I, I garnered some, some interest and I had a few opportunities and, you know, ended up on the uh, on the West Coast at Stanford, which you know, I'd always kind of been enamored with Stanford, the success of their athletic department as, as a as a whole. Oh, absolutely. In, yep. In 2000, in the Olympic Village, they had uh, in our in our little rec area in, in uh, King USA area, they had a flag and it had a bunch of signatures on it. So I remember walking up to it and saying, "Oh, well, you know, they signed this flag," and the person was like, "No, no, no, this is a Stanford flag." 
Right. There were like 15 to 20 people from Stanford representing us in the, in the Olympics back in 2000. So I knew that the level of, of expertise and Patricia Miranda, who was USA Wrestling's first, actually the first female Olympic medalist ever because she wrestled for the bronze in, in 04. She was a Stanford alum. And sure. I got to know um, some of the other guys and, and wrestlers from Stanford. So I just knew it was a place that I would, I would want to be in. And they had the opportunity, so that's how I got started. I came out here, and we had a had a great time, and you know the the resources and the and the connections and the well, ability to to recruit the best and brightest athletes and students in the in the world. So well, that's the that's uh, kind of kicked off. Yeah, in Stanford, that's the that's the true scholar athlete. You know, I mean, you have to. You know, my my uh, nephew Matt Guerrero is the defensive coordinator for Duke football, and so he he has the same thing on the East Coast in Duke. Very similar, yeah. very similar yeah. mentality to the quality of individual that they're attracting there to play, uh, you know, sports at that level. And so, you, you know, and and the other thing too is with Stanford, you get a really bright guy or 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 or, or woman to 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 play the sport there. And so I'm going to ask you a question. Let, let, let's pretend we're back at Stanford and I'm your top recruit. And, I, and I'm asking you, my, my question to you, Carrie, is, Carrie, you've wrestled the greatest of your generation. And what, what special moment, what connection, what aha moment cre- was created in your mind when you knew that you could beat a Stephen Neal or Stephen Mako or Telly Thompson, what what is that feeling like? What 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 is that technique? What is that combination of things that gets you? Because those guys are as good as you on any given day, and yeah. you know what I mean. How do you do that? What what is in what is the mentality and what is the physicality of that that makes you that that better that that much better? Yeah. Yes. So that I was, I was going to perform at the level that I prepared to. So I always tell people, you know, you take confidence in preparation. If, and it, it's cliche in a sense, but it's so true. It's like you control what you can control. So the only thing I can control is being as prepared as I can be sure. when I go out there. Um, you know, we talked earlier about being able to scout your opponent and, and come to a game plan. That's a big part of it. So I knew that I did. You know, if I'm wrestling Stephen Neal, I know the big double's coming. So I've got to make sure I keep my feet moving to keep distance and don't let them set. Right. You know, if I'm wrestling Steve Mako, I know his foot sweep is coming, so I got to keep this leg forward and make sure that I'm moving around and control the position. If I'm wrestling Tolly Thompson, he's going to be a monster and so strong and snap my head off the mat a few times, so I got to be ready to weather the storm and be able to take my opportunity. So, yep. you know, having those game plan things, having those those, those opportunities to, you know, be able to be successful in, in different situations is the foundation. But really, the uh, the bottom line is is doing everything you can on a daily basis to be the best you can be. And, you know, when you go out there, you just go out and, and let it fly and have fun and enjoy yourself because the work is done. Sure. So when you when you start thinking about this and thinking about that and how about this and try, and then that's when it starts getting overcomplicated. And so, like I said, it's just real simple. Just work as hard as you can. You know, work smart. Know what your what your goals are. Be true to yourself. And um, you know, and obviously, I can look back now, especially with the perspective of a lot of years of being. 
being out of the sport is you know trust that God is going to take care of you. Yep. And um, you know that that's where it comes that that faith faith over fear mentality. I mean, you hear that a lot for a lot of different things. Right. But just uh, you know trusting that what's going to be is going to be according to His will. So you just have to put yourself in a position. You know, it says in the Bible that everyone races, yep. everyone runs the race, but not everyone wins the prize. So run run to win. Sure. Right? So prepare to win, and if 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 you don't win. Mm-hmm. You, know, you know, you gave it your all, and I really think that's something that uh, that really is is fostered me, you know, through the years. Well, that's what I would want to hear if I was if I was your recruit, and I love that. And the other thing too, as an objective observer, just as a fan, I always felt that Kerry McCoy took his match to his opponent. That you wrestled yeah. your match. Yep. Yep. Yeah. yeah I, uh, you know, I was talking to someone about that the other day, and and it's like. Again, I talked about having a game plan, having a strategy, being aware of what your opponent's going to do, but ultimately you have to focus on yourself. Yeah. And I have to make sure that if I know you've got a really good high crotch, yep. okay, I could spend uh, a lot of time trying to stop you from getting to your high crotch, sure. or I could spend a lot of time making sure that if you get there, I know how to counter. And yep. that's where it came from with Stephen Neal, is a perfect example. Yep. I know that Stephen's going to, he's going he's gonna to get to a double leg, mm-hmm. you know? Sure. He's, if not once, you know, but I know he's going to get, so I have to be ready to defend the double, not try to stop him from shooting it, because there's no way he, I'm going to stop him from, from getting there, so i got to be ready to counter and ready to score right. on that, so, you know, that's what it is about focusing on myself and being aware of what they're going to do and make sure I have the skills and the, and the preparation ready to be ready to, uh, you know, take advantage of my opportunities. Well, and, and that's that's beautiful, and that's what led, leads you as a successful coach. You had a lot of success at Maryland that led you now to your new adventures. So talk a little bit about that transition from as the head coach in Maryland, some of the successes, All-Americans that you had there, into your new position as the executive director for the Regional Training Center for the Olympic Movement out in California. Yeah, thanks for that. And it's, sure. um, it's pretty cool. I mean, through, through our years as the head coach at, at Stanford and, and Maryland, we, we coach a lot of All-Americans. Tanner Gardner was at Stanford. He was the first three-time All-American at Stanford. Sure. Um, and, you know, and, and just an awesome story. And Josh Panzik, he made the semifinals, and he was a two-time All-American. So, you know, had that success in the, in the years that we were here, and we were, you know, high level of wins and duels, high level of place in the conference tournament. And then went to Maryland and <laughs> had a pretty successful run, won three conference championships, had, you know, over 13 individual All-Americans and, you know, a bunch of all-conference and NCAA qualifiers. And, you know, the, the most the most rewarding thing about my, my time as a head coach, especially, you know, in the, the recent years at Maryland, was we, for the most part, um, you know, everyone that stayed with our program for you know, their time, you know, three, four, or five years that, that sure. stayed on our team, they all graduated. And, um, and they're all working. Now, and that was one thing that I would talk about consistently because, again, the, the, the titles, the winning and losing, that's nice. It's, it's a nice thing to write on a, on a plaque or put on a trophy hanging on your wall. But, you know, taking steps to be better and, you know, to help society to be better is really what it is. And being, being great husbands, great fathers, you know, great members of society. And, and so the majority of our guys that, you know, obviously they stayed with the program. They got their degrees and their work. And there's some people that didn't stay with the program, may not have wrestled for their full time. Uh, maybe you know had a couple guys transfer out, so we don't we're not able to track the people that transfer out and what they did. But I know every member that you know, stayed and finished their career with uh, with us is working and uh, and has a degree, which you know that's something that's really important to me because now they have a better opportunity for success in in their life with that college degree. And you know obviously the guys that graduate from Stanford, yep. you know they're in a, a a different category with a 
lot of things. And but you know, Maryland's a great school and one of the best public institutions in the country, and and they had some uh, some great opportunities. So so that's the thing that I'm most proud about. Um, well, you know, Kerry, that's a ripple effect. That's that's beautiful. Um, that you know that type of metric is important to you as a head coach. But more importantly, it again it, it it speaks to your servant mentality of allowing these young men to matriculate into the society at large with a lot of chances, and that degree, yeah, yeah. that foundation gives them so much chances to be not only successful but be be effective as a as a uh, a passer along of the lessons learned by you, and of course your DNA from the people that you learn from and the people that you mentioned both at high school, college, and internationally. And that's really what it's all about. You know, it's paying it forward, like you said, but also giving back. And I love that. So you're now taking that same, that huge and really strong foundation from amazing universities, Penn State, Stanford, and Maryland, and now bringing it to the Olympic movement. So we're so excited to have you as that uh, person on the West Coast. So speak a little bit about what you're looking to achieve there. Yeah, that's that's a great. Uh, thank you for that because mm-hmm. um, you know we, we it's always as you see it. We talk about it's always been about serving. It's all about you know producing positive members of society. And the great thing about the position now at California Olympic Regional Training Center is I can serve a much broader audience. Um, we can we can have the the age group guys, the, the cadets and juniors that are eligible to train with the RTC, and then obviously the collegiate age athletes, and then also the post-grads, and, and we also have a, a handful of veterans athletes, so we're, we're at a pretty wide spectrum of people that, that we are, are going to serve in the in the local area, but then also just being involved in the, California's got a great tradition top to bottom in, in their success in the sport of wrestling, so yep. you know, being able to really pour in and feed into, into that level. So our, our goals for our, for our athletes are, are pretty simple. We have a three-pronged approach. I mean, first is competitive success. We want to give give athletes a resource to be able to compete at a high level and pursue world championships at all levels. And the second thing is we want to focus on giving back to the community, um, serving as we can. Sure. Um, you know, there's a lot of opportunities for wrestlers to give back. And, and the third thing that's that's more unique for us that you're not going to see at many other places really tie that, that path to after wrestling. Excellent. Um, you know, and, and, and it's it's something that being here in Silicon Valley, there's a lot of a lot of uh, resources, pet companies, and you know those places where we can use the resources around and use the opportunities and connections to really build it and build build a few a full menu of opportunities where our athletes, as they're going through their competitive success, they're still building their skills for after wrestling. You know, networking and, and interviewing skills and getting some job experiences. So. You know, those are things, and, and we, we call it a 360-degree wrestler because sure. we're looking at complete and total commitment to not just winning on the mat, but winning in life and, um, you know, giving you the skills where, you know, your personal success and your personal competitive pursuits, that's that's where you're going to be spending the bulk of your time. You don't have to sacrifice that to, to give back and, you know, be in a local community organization and be able to inspire young people and, and give back at that level. And then, you know, the, the career piece of it is, after wrestling to make sure you have these skills and, and be able to do it. And, and the ultimate thing is you turn around, you give back to the community, but then you also give it back to the sport of wrestling and inspire the next the next generation of great leaders and great contributors. So so we're really focused and fired up about that. We've got a, a, a very engaged board, continue to build that out and, um, you know, the staff. The nicest thing about the setup is being being tied to a college program and having a connection with the resources at Stanford. They sure. also have the 
freedom of flexibility for the college coaches to focus on the college and have a dedicated coach that can really pour into the, the RTC athletes. And, and um, you know, it's, it's really an awesome setup. Well, you know, and, and that is fantastic. I love, I absolutely love your mission, particularly the, the after after wrestling mission part. It's so incredibly integral and vital. As we wrap up, it's been a fantastic interview, Carrie. I really appreciate you being so generous with your time and with your passion for our sport, but more importantly for the young people under your charge. We end our, our Blood Time podcast with asking the guest one or two nuggets of, of wisdom that you'd like to leave our audience with uh, to take with them. Sure. You know, one, one thing that I always talk about, no matter what you do, if there's, there's one little thing that I can do that helps somebody be better and improve, then it's a, it's a successful endeavor. So anything that I can pour into, and, and, and again, I'll go back to just a simple, simplified focus that I talk about. It's just 100%. I give everything you have. And right. it's some, one of the things that, uh, you know, it, it's, it's interesting because it, it gets kind of lost in, in today's society. And, you know, the value of showing up and working hard you know, back in the day, that's kind of was the expectation, and now it's like you gotta. Sometimes you gotta actually try to try to the broker and, and try to negotiate to get people to work hard, no matter what field you're in. So, sure. show up, work as hard as you can. Yes. And you know, right there, that's that's a that's a huge deal. So, um, so that that's the first thing I would say: just show up and, and, and work as hard as you can, give your best. Right. That's yep. something that you think is it's it's a uh, common knowledge, but you see it all the way across the board and every some people just don't have that that commitment and i don't know i don't necessarily think it's always you know a, a, a malicious thing it's just sometimes the people just don't have that hey show up and work hard right yeah. show up on time and work hard yep. and so that would be the, the number one thing that i that i believe in and the second thing again cliche is it's you know just make sure that you don't give up on yourself make sure you give yourself believe in yourself like that you know, so you show up and you work hard, you do everything you can to be successful, and then don't let anyone tell you that you can't do something. Now, obviously, we hope it's positive, sure, right? But don't listen to, to the naysayers. Don't don't follow the statistics. Don't follow the, you know, it's like, hey, set a goal, work hard, and, you know, go all in. And if you don't get it, don't, don't have a reason for you not reaching your goals because you didn't. You didn't give it your all. You didn't. You let someone else talk you out of it. You know, if you go and you try and just wasn't meant to be, yes. you know, wasn't part of God's plan for you. Yep. Hey, I can live with that. But if you, oh well, Johnny said this, or Mom said this, or you know, Coach said this, and that's why I didn't do it. And in ten years, you look back because the, the biggest thing that I talk about when it comes to you know just kind of when you're stepping away from something is not having any regrets. And if you come back and you know after a match, after a test, after a job interview, you go back and say, man, I wish I would have done this. It's like, you know, you had to, you had to, you had to, you know, to control it. So, you know, don't let anybody talk you out of anything. Don't, you know, don't let any, any reason for you not reaching something, you know, if, if it, if it's not about you and your level of commitment and your, don't, don't let anything like that, anything else outside that influence it. Now, obviously you, you take, you take advice and you hear what different people say, but don't ever let someone derail you because of, you know, their feelings or their shortcomings. Just understand that, hey, I love that. So you've dropped some serious wisdom, spirit, and inspiration on us. And I could not thank you more for being part of Blood Time, Carrie, and now Blood Time family. And so I wish you the absolute best in your new, exciting adventure. 
and all the people that you're going to inspire to do great things as they go through your system. Thank you so much. My pleasure. I really appreciate the opportunity for coming on and hopefully we can do it again sometime soon. We are all blood. This is Coach Cimarroni and love to all. Our next sponsor, Infinite Search Solutions, is Northeast Ohio's premier recruiting and placement service. They make it easy, fast, and simple to find the right people to help you build the perfect team. I personally know Matt Burns and his team. They will find you the candidates you need. Call them today at 440-249-0485 or visit them on the web at www.in-finite, that's F-I-N-I-T-E dot com. Matt Burns, thank you so much. We love you, Infinite Search Solutions. I want to share with you my thought of the day. Agendas are a thing of the past. It's time for authentic humanity. Don't you know that you're a grown-up? I'm a grown-up. Me too. Yep, me too. But you know, these days, being a grown-up can really suck. Luckily, we're grown-ups who grew up in the coolest generation. We had video arcades. And also some of the best TV and movies ever made. We lived the origin of awesome consumer electronics. The list goes on and on. Yep, Generation X. Exactly. And we're Gen X Grown-Up. Every week, the Gen X Grown-Up podcast explores media, tech, toys, games, and more from both yesterday and today. Through the eyes of Generation Xers who absolutely love that stuff. You can find us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Or find us on our website, genxgrownup.com. All right, I think that was good enough? I I hope so, man. I'm tired. (laughs) Who listens to a promo on a podcast and then goes and listens to a different podcast? Right. I've never done it. (laughs) Right.